Welcome to Agora Sports Network, a community that connects and unites Olympians to positively impact amateur sports in the U.S. This podcast, hosted by me, Carrie Tullifson, a member of the 2004 Summer Olympic team, is an engaging series where past and present Olympians share their experiences, challenges, and lessons learned. Today's guest is Reagan Smith, a highly decorated swimmer, as well as a fellow Minnesotan. Reagan is a member of the 2020 Olympic team, winning a silver medal in the 200 meter butterfly and the four by 100 meter medley relay. Plus, she's won a bronze medal in the 100 meter backstroke. She won multiple medals at the world championships in 2022 and 2023. With all of these accomplishments, Reagan is a great example of the next generation of Olympians that is anticipated to dominate the world stage at next year's 2024 Olympics in Paris. And today, we're also fortunate to be joined by her father, Paul Smith, who will share his perspective on what it's like to raise a child with Olympic aspirations. All right, Reagan, thank you so much for joining us today. You're just getting back from Fukuoka, Japan. I love saying that, but I also loved competing there. Isn't it a beautiful city? Yes, it's gorgeous. I didn't realize that it was like kind of a beach town um, and I'm a total ocean girl. So it was very fun to be competing and then like kind of seeing the ocean and like it was a very it was a good vibe for sure. Yeah. You had a phenomenal meet. I mean, Thank you. I'm so awesome. Five medals while you were there and lots of great things came out of it. Like you just seem like you're rejuvenated and ready to go again. Yes, absolutely. I am. Yeah, it was a great meet for sure. Um, and, you know, as as elite athletes, we're always so hard on ourselves. And I came out of that meet and there were a lot of things that went really well for me, but I know that there's more in me, there's more in the tank. And so, um, yeah, I'm very, very excited now for this next year leading up to, to Paris. Like you said, I'm feeling rejuvenated because I'm very excited because I know that there's more to me. Don't you love that? Like as an athlete, there's more to you. There's more in the tank. Like that's the best way going into a big year. Definitely is. Yeah. I, you know, it's never fun to fall short, I think. Um, but I think this was a good year to do that because I think it, you know, adds more fuel to the fire. Um, and I think it makes me even more motivated heading into this year. You know, you never want to feel comfortable. I think maybe if I had performed better this year, then I'd be heading into this next year, you know, kind of feeling like I could relax a little bit and that's not how I want to be feeling. So I'm trying to view this as a really good thing, a great opportunity. Um, and yeah, I'm just so excited. Can we just go back and talk about your Olympic experience? Like it was a different one. It was during the pandemic, like no spectators there, all these different things. Yeah. Yeah. It was very interesting. And I remember talking a lot with some of the veterans um, on that team, people who had been to, um, you know, London and Rio um, and even Beijing, a few of them. And they were just talking about how different the games were um, compared to the Tokyo games. And I had nothing to compare it to. So that Olympics is all I know. And so it felt relatively normal to me just because, you know, I couldn't compare it to anything. What I really liked about it, Obviously having no, no fans in the stands or, you know, loud cheering or anything like that was very, it was difficult to compete in an environment like that. But whenever I think about the games, I always go back to my memories with my sweet mates. Um, Cause in the Olympic village, you always, you know, you room with like four or five other people um, and you all share an apartment for like two or three weeks. And since the COVID rules were so strict, you really just had to like stay in your apartment if you weren't competing or you weren't eating. And so I got 
so close with my five roommates and I, we just had so many fun nights talking together. We had this little table that was in our main area and we spent hours and hours every night just talking, getting to know each other, having fun. Um, and so that honestly was like the highlight of my games experience. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It wasn't about competing, wasn't about any of the medals I won. It was just about like the friendships that I made. And I think I wouldn't have gotten as close with them if COVID didn't happen because we were like in force proximity with each other for almost a month. It was really fun. Isn't that funny though? Like you compete against your, your teammates and you are like thinking about trying to beat them, but then you can be the best of friends. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting because yeah, at Olympic trials, not even a month before. Yeah. We're kind of like at each other's throats in a way. It's not like that, you know, but, um, obviously you want to get a spot on the team and, a lot of times you have to beat out your friends to do so. And so tensions can be high at Olympic trials or national meets. But the second that you get international, everyone's on the same team. And it's really, really easy for people to put those like rivalries aside or anything like that and just, you know, be teammates and be friends. I've never really had a a big problem with, you know, finding that kind of separation. I've made so many good friends in this sport. And a lot of my closest friends are people who I compete against head to head. You started this so young, basically in diapers. And now here you are 21 years old, one of the best in the world. (laughs) Yeah, it was an interesting process to get there for sure. Um, My mom and dad put me and my older sister in swimming lessons just because water safety was really important to them. And I'm so glad for that just because I've never, you know, been afraid of the water and water has always been like a place of comfort for me um, and my sister as well. And I did other sports growing up. I did like soccer, gymnastics. I took piano lessons. I think um, I ran a little bit, mm-hmm. um, okay. but I, I started to swim and it just clicked in a way that none of the other sports I tried did. I loved it so much. It, it made sense to me. Um, and I also just wanted to be like my older sister because she was doing like middle school swimming and she was starting to get competitive. Um, and the kind of the rest is history. Being a youth sport network here with Agora Sports Network, that's pretty awesome that you say that. Like getting a family involved is so important. It absolutely is because then they get it, you know, like they understand what you're going through and, and they've experienced it firsthand. Like my sister, I think gets it, you know, like no one else in my family quite does just because she, she went through it. She swam until she graduated high school. Yeah. It's really awesome that it was kind of a family affair. Um, Neither of my parents swam, but they both have learned so much through my sister and myself. Um, And so we're all very, very involved and they're all so supportive of me. And it's, it's just awesome that the whole family can really come together and enjoy this sport. Yeah, for sure. Um, you haven't had it always easy though in this sport. You've had some ups and downs. I mean, it really, at the yeah. very beginning, you kind of knocked it out of the park, right? And then you've had a little bit of some ups and downs. So talk us through that a little bit. How do you work on that? How do you stay fired up? How do you not? Like at times it's just a struggle to get in the pool. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I was like pretty smooth sailing for like the first half of my career. Like eight to 13, I'd say. I just loved it. And when you're that young, it's really easy to 
go a new best time every single time you race and, you know, just drop time like that. And you're liking practice and you're still really young. So it's not super serious yet. But once you hit about 12, 13, especially when you're a girl, um, things start getting, you know, more serious. You kind of have to decide if you want to be in this for fun or if you want to be in this to, you know, make something out of, out of the sport that you're doing. And that was kind of hard for me to, to come to terms with for a while. I think I struggled with motivation when things were starting to get more difficult and competition was starting to get more tense. Um, and when you're at that age too, I feel like you really don't know like what you want, you know? So that was really tough for me. I did a lot of soul searching. I remember that spring break when I was in like seventh grade, I decided that I was going to switch teams, um, and join a different club team that was much more serious and professional than the one that I was on before. And it just revived me. I had this whole new sense of motivation and excitement for swimming. And the people I were training with were all older than me, um, 18 and under, but I was a 13 year old. And so it was, it was really cool. And I learned a lot from those people. Um, so I think that was the first time that, you know, I kind of hit a little roadblock in my swimming career and that was a young age to do that, but I'm glad I went through that as young as I did. I think with other times that I've, you know, either plateaued in my career or felt loss of motivation, I think I've really tried to be kind to myself and just listen to what I need, because obviously I'm not going to quit swimming. Like I'm in way too deep at this point and I love it too. So that's not an option, but you don't want to have an unhealthy relationship with the sport that you're doing, especially when it becomes the career that you're doing as well. I just try to listen to my body and if I need rest or if I just need to kind of, you know, mentally get away from it, distract myself with friends or other hobbies or other things like that. Or if I need to talk to a therapist or my family or just anything like that, you know, I just really try to sit back and like listen to myself and figure out what I need to get back on track. Mm -hmm. And normally I'm able to do that pretty quickly. I can pull myself out of a funk decently. Well, um, even if I, you know, go through a crummy season where I don't perform the way I want to, I just lay back, take a little break, reset, and then I'm feeling refreshed and ready to go for the next season. So it's well. <laughs> incredible because we've interviewed quite a few Olympians already <laughs> and the common thread, you just said it, listen to your bodies. You know, listen to your heart, listen to your head too, but really listen to your bodies. When did you learn that? I think during COVID, I realized that I'm not a machine, you know, and I, at first when everything was starting to get shut down, I was so stressed out that I couldn't train twice a day, every day and do the amount of yardage that I needed to be doing and just, you know, work out the way that I wanted to. And I can get really anxious about that too. So I was getting really in my head about it and just kind of freaking myself out. I was able to eventually kind of pull back and be like, okay, everything's happening for a reason. This isn't in my control. Just like, listen to my body. Like, mm -hmm do I feel tired even though I'm only swimming once a day? And I realized that the answer was yes. Like even though I was training less than I had ever really before, I noticed that I still was feeling pretty like mentally and physically exhausted just because of, you know, everything that was happening at that time. And I think that's when I really started to become more in tune with my body and my mind and, you know, how I'm feeling during certain times. Um, so yeah, COVID stunk, but I think it taught me a lot and I think it helped me mature a lot. Um, so it was, it was around then. I was 18 years old yeah. and I think I finally started to figure it out. It's funny how some of the hard times in life, whether it's an injury or a pandemic, like nobody thought we'd ever go through a pandemic, but we did. But those are those times that really teach us about ourselves. So, so much. Like the hard times 
stink so bad. And when you're going through them, you think you're never going to get out of them. Mm -hmm. And then one day you inevitably will. And then you're able to look back and be like, wow, like it was terrible to go through that. But I'm so unbelievably glad that I did because I'm a better person for it. And that's the way that I feel about like my college experience, for example. It was really hard for me to go through. It wasn't the right place for me or the right fit for me at all. Um, and so I'm really proud of myself that I was able to realize that and make a change that was, you know, good for me, but also looking back, I wouldn't change anything because, you know, I think I needed to go through that. I needed to have that hard year and, you know, do a lot of soul searching and realize a lot of things about myself. It's nice to be able to look back and be like, yeah, that was hard, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't change anything about it. Um, I just try to have no regrets, I guess. We forget to be our own biggest cheerleader. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times we're hard on ourselves day after day, minute after minute. But as athletes, as people, we need to kind of cheer for ourselves. Yes, definitely. I think, yeah, no matter who you are, it's so important to just be nice to yourself because I think you do start to subconsciously believe what you tell yourself. If you say negative things about yourself every day, that's like, you're going to start to believe it. And you're just going to have, you know, a worse relationship with yourself than if you were kind to yourself. Uh, You talked a little bit about your parents. You know, being a youth sports network, we got to talk about how important their role is in your life as a swimmer. They mean so much to me. Hundreds of times that they drove me to morning practice, afternoon practice, making all my meals, making my lunches. My mom used to wake up at like 3.45 in the morning on days that I had morning practice and she would get up and cook me breakfast ahead of time and make my lunch and have my dinner all prepped up and ready to go. And they just did so much for me, like so much for me. It was like another full-time job on top of the full-time jobs that they already had. Um, And so they're just extremely selfless. And I, I try to thank them as much as I can because it can be easy for me to take it for granted because they've always done that for me. Um, but yeah, I love the opportunity to talk about them in interviews because it really helps me realize like just how much they do for me. So it's, it's really awesome. Um, but yeah, they, they never miss a swim meet. If they're not able to be there in person, then they're watching it on TV and they're texting me right after I finish, but they both got to be in Fukuoka and that meant a ton to me. So cool. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Don Pablo coffee. If you're interested in quality coffee, fresh to order, roasted in small batches in the timeless Latin American traditions of roasting, then Don Pablo Coffee is for you. Check them out at donpablocoffee.com and use the promo code AGORA at checkout for additional savings off your first order. Couple quick questions before we let you go. Do you have any advice for the youth that are coming into sport now, like just getting excited, finding their way And maybe even for the parents that are trying to help their kids get going. Yeah, for sure. I think the most important thing when you're a kid just starting out in sports is going for as long as you're enjoying it. When you're a kid, there shouldn't be any type of pressure on you to feel like you need to go. I feel like if you love something like you're going to know and you're going to want to go every day, you're not going to have to get forced to go by your parents, you know, or your coaches or things like that. So I think just the biggest thing is fun. Really find a group of people that you can connect with in your sport and just lean on them for support. Like my closest friends in the entire world are friends that I met through swimming. I've never, I've never made friends any work to as close as I am with them. I, I never really clicked as well with people at my school or my neighborhood or things like that. I just, I made 
such close bonds with all of my swimming friends. And I think that is also another thing that drove me to keep, you know, wanting to go to practice um, just because I was really excited to see my friends. Mm. So I'd say that would be something really important to just, you know, really try to find your group and also don't be afraid to try a bunch of different things um, because everyone's good at something different, you know, like you're not all going to be good at the same sport. So like if you have a friend who's in one sport, definitely try it out, but don't force yourself to do it if like it's not clicking for you in the way that you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you get the best results by trying a lot of different things, mm-hmm. really just going slow and enjoying it and finding people in that sport that you really enjoy being around. Now, Paul. Thank you again for joining us. Agora Sports Network is all about inspiring youth sports families. So we're thrilled to have you with us today to get a dad's take on this incredible journey you're on with Reagan and your entire family. Let's go back in time and start at the beginning. When did you first realize Reagan had something that was just a little bit different? It was the first little mock mini meet she ever did. She just roared back and forth swimming the butterfly And her teacher spun around and looked at me and was just like, oh, my gosh. And she wasn't one to say things like that. And I didn't grow up as a swimmer. I'm not an exceptional swimmer. I don't I didn't know that much about the sport at the time, but it was obvious that she had some natural ability. And then she broke four national age group records at one meet in January here in Minnesota when she was 10 years old. And that's when you kind of go, gosh. But I'm such a realist. People come to you and they say, oh, my gosh, your kid's going to go to the Olympics. Oh, my gosh. And you sit as a parent and you go, oh, please. There are so many things that can go wrong. There's so many. It could be discovering boys. It could be discovering this. It could be wanting to do that. I want to go to the football games every Friday night instead of Mm -hmm. being at practice. I want to. There's a million things that can happen. Yeah. So for Reagan, fortunately, she managed all of them kind of brilliantly. And, and it worked out for her. And she very much maximized her potential, I would say. But my gosh, 10 years old. That was that was my first genuine glimpse into, golly, she's pretty good. Were you nervous? Like, get out of her way and let her do her thing? I don't know. I wonder what she'd say. I, <laughs> maybe, sort of. I mean, I was a little bit, but at the same time, I was doing some some coaching with mm-hmm. her team. I was there from my business life. I'm kind of a process nerd. I love to learn new things. I want to understand why things work the way they work. Mm-hmm. So I'd be watching YouTube videos and then she'd come and sit on the couch and we'd watch them together and we'd talk about this and talk about that. And she'd humor me for as long as she could. And then she'd get up and go off and do something more interesting. Yeah, It probably wasn't as much in terms of like teaching racing as it was just trying trying to talk about competitive drive and, you know, the whole anything worth doing is worth doing right Mm -hmm. sort of thing. That was, gosh, Reagan, one thing that all these kids run into when they're that age is, are they going to practice because they enjoy it? Or are they going to practice because their parents are making them Mm -hmm. go to practice because the parent lives vicariously through the kid? Yeah. And I messed that up a time or two. I know I messed it up with her older sister. Rain was always fascinated with racing. She loved it. She was excited about it. And she wanted to know how to be better. Mm-hmm. And she loved to study video and and uh, be part of that process, as opposed to trying to gently push things down your kid's throat. You raised two super different girls, but also yeah. two really driven and passionate girls. Um, yep. Again, you've said they're they're different. And one went the professional world of swimming, one didn't. Like, how do you navigate through that? They were fundamentally 
not quite 180 degrees different, but they were just very different. Yeah. Brenna had all the athletic ability in the world and she would want to swim the three month or three and a half month high school season. Mm. And she would slowly work her way into shape and just kind of amaze people at how fast she could be when she needed to be. And then she would always say it was the ultimate family conflict sort of thing with a kid at the end of the high school season. She would say, I want to swim club. I want to keep swimming. I'm loving this, blah, blah, blah. So you'd pay and she'd go to about a week and a half of club practice. And then she'd be like, yeah, I don't like this. I don't want to do this anymore. And so that would be the biggest difference between a Brenna mm -hmm. and Reagan. And, and, and one isn't better than the other. One's better than the other if you want to go to the Olympics or if you want to try to get a college scholarship or you want to maximize your potential. Mm -hmm. um, but Brenna just didn't care. She was good enough that she could show up when she needed to for her high school team and be really good. Yep. And that meant a lot to her. Yep. And Reagan, just a completely different beast. Yeah. Why? Very differently and exceedingly internally motivated. Um, and she didn't need a lot of uh, jockeying. She was... She was kind of in charge, yeah. I think, of, of what she wanted and how she wanted it to be. Isn't well, that fun, though? That's how it's supposed to be. We each need to is. be our own person. Yeah. It is. I think the two of them are entirely different people. And I think as they make their way through life, mm -hmm. you know, they'll find they probably have more in common than they think they might right now. But, yeah, you know, that's that's part of the whole circle of life, right? Mm, I just want to be a fly on the wall, just looking at you too. You know, just the excitement, even like talking about being in China and Japan and all over the world. Yeah, you can feel semi kind of bad for them because they are in these fun, interesting, exotic sort of locations, mm -hmm. but it is a business trip. And just being in Fukuoka, you know, a few weeks ago, a semi or a final night after night, after night, after night, after night. Mm. And so that's a, what, four and a half, five hour commitment when you talk about the bus time and warm ups and this and that and press and blah and mm -hmm. drug testing and whatever's going on and <laughs> prelims in the morning. And it was so sweet. She, she called us three different times and said, Hey, do you want to come over to the hotel and hang out? And we really appreciated it. So we got to go over and sit and nice watch her eat her latest container of rice and fish or yeah. whatever it was that she was getting that week. <laughs> um, and at least catch up a little bit, but it is a bummer. The beauty of this is I know that 10 years from now or whatever, whenever she decides she's done with this, whether it's in five minutes or mm -hmm. 15 years or whatever it's going to be, there's a lot of places I'm sure she's going to go and a lot of fun she's going to have. Paul, a couple of quick questions. Yeah. When the pressure gets tough, What's your role? Like, what could you tell some of these youth sport families that are getting into sport? And as a parent, you know, you got to keep it light. You got to keep it fun at times. But then you also have to remind at times what they're working so hard for. The biggest mistake I see parents making is wanting to live vicariously through your child. Mm. They have this amazing talent and you think, oh, well, gosh, I didn't quite achieve what I might have wanted to achieve or I could have been that much better if I had just whatever mm. you have all that, you know, life experience and stuff. And to some extent, I think that's really, really valuable to provide that kind of input to your child. But on the other hand, it's their life and it's their journey and shoving your biased compulsions down their throat isn't necessarily helpful for them. Mm. Having watched Reagan go through along with the entire world. And this is, I know it's the disclaimer that everyone always should put on this. Whenever you're talking about what you went through during COVID, you know that tens and hundreds of millions of people went through the same thing or worse. Yeah. But seeing how it specifically interrupted Reagan's 
journey and her path and her momentum and all the things that happen. And then watched her with honestly a tremendous amount of grace handle it as an 18 or a 19 year old. I was very proud of her. And now as she keeps battling back to be the best in the world, um, which I know she believes she can be, it's been fun. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting maturity and and attitude. So a, as a parent, my number one thing is don't live vicariously through your kid. Don't pressure them. Don't force them to go to practice after practice after practice. Make sure at a young age they're having fun because if they're not, they're going to quit. That's why I love to talk to parents of young elite athletes about things exactly like that because it's so important. Thank you for coming on. This has been a blast. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today on Agora Sports Network, a community that connects and unites Olympians to positively impact amateur sports in the U.S. Visit us online at agorasportsnetwork.com. Subscribe to our email list to be the first to know about Agora News and to get exclusive content.